0: time for Penrith. The Panthers taste grand final glory after last year's premiership pain. Penrith's cleary gamble pays off. We ask if the men in black can go back to back. No fairy tales, but no regrets. How will South Sydney deal with the departure of the super coach, the skipper and one of the game's greats? we delve into the NRL stock market ahead of another busy off-season with plenty of player movement. Hello, thanks for joining us for our final ever episode of Inside the NRL. What a way to wrap things up as we celebrate a season like no other in the NRL. The Premiership has gone to the Penrith Panthers after they lost last year to the Melbourne Storm. 11 years ago, one man knew what it was like to win the Premiership. Jamie Soward, uh, how the Panthers boys be feeling right now? A
1: few headaches, but, yeah, amazing. It, honestly, you cannot describe the uh, emotion that goes into winning a, a championship. And last night we saw that you know, with the Penrith Panthers and we've been seeing it on social media. But when you do it for such a large fan base as well, I think with the Dragons, they've been waiting so long for the drought and Penrith fans got a taste last year. And to be able to get over the hump and win... And it probably doesn't really hit you until you retire that you're able to get... Because you know how hard they are to get there and win. Uh, but, you know, sitting around the circle and Norman Arthur in the middle having a beer with your teammates is some of the best memories you'll ever have. And Michael Chamus is in from the Sydney Morning
0: Herald. You've told plenty of brilliant grand final stories over the years. Where does this one rank, given you are immersed in the Penrith community?
2: Yeah, well, it's the first one I've had to actually cover, not at the ground. Like, it's obviously a little bit different covering matches from home. But, uh, look, you would have loved to have seen the scenes if they got to win that premiership and bring it back to Panthers last night. I went for a drive around after full-time just to see what it was like and the streets were going off last night. Mount Druitt, you couldn't even get in. The police had blocked the roads off. Mulgoa Road up Penrith. Uh, everyone was celebrating, everyone was behave, behaving themselves. It would have been fantastic to see what that would have been like with a, a crowd outside of Panther Stadium or outside of Panthers, but they'll come home with a trophy in a month's time and they'll, they'll organise something for them.
0: Jamie, you were a Panther from 2014 to 2016. Uh, you basically handed the the baton over to Nathan Cleary. So, what did it mean to see
1: your former club win it? Yeah, I was really happy for all the people behind the scenes and all the hard work that they've put in. You know, guys like Jason Wrigley, uh, Alan Mayer, You know, they were there when I was there, and they're a big part of of what goes in onto the field each week and being a part of that product. So, seeing them guys celebrate probably. Um, brought a tear to my eye rather than the players. You know, a lot of those players I played with, I played in Nathan's first game, which is my last game. So I don't know if I hand him the baton, but, you know, Peter Wallace, you know, was a great player, good friend of mine, you know, him being on the coaching staff, Cameron Seraldo, all the guys behind, all, all the people behind the scenes for me is probably the standout. So you were coming towards the end of your career
2: at Penrith, right? And when you, I imagine when you're playing in that arena and you've got young kids coming through, you have an opinion one way or another, whether he's good enough or he's not good enough. What was your honest opinion of Nathan Cleary coming through? Did you think he was ready? Like, I know it was affecting your position at the club, but did you think Hook threw him in prematurely?
1: Um, no. I, the first week we played in Melbourne and I just felt a sense of calmness around him. Like He was excited to play, obviously, and, uh, but the calmness in his preparation. He was so prepared for the game and, and to watch him develop. and you know, I didn't have anything to do with that or, or any of those young guys, but to watch him develop, I probably knew there was something special <laughs> coming through. Um, and then having I played with Jerome Luai I played with Dylan Edwards in reserve grade all those guys and this is a young junior base that have been brought through together that have been shown the right way and regardless of who's taking the reins right now it's been a lot of planning to get those juniors to the club Jim Jones Gus at some stage has brought those juniors to the club to get them to this position, and we often forget that. We look at the product now, but we don't look at the five, six years that they've had groom- Anthony Griffin bringing a lot of those young guys in and blooding them You know when he was out there as well. So uh, it's a lot of work to get to this one premiership. It was a tight, tense affair, 14-12 Sowie. The Panthers missed a
0: staggering 59 tackles yeah. to still win, and their defence has been the backbone of their success through this final series.
1: But how much harder did they make it for themselves? because well, they, they looked had t- they looked in control. Yeah, they haven't had it they were in control for the first 15 minutes off the back of Cleary's kicking game and that's how I thought they'd start the game nice and physical but they've ne- they haven't had a tendency to really put the foot down against the, the great the good teams in the competition. They've always found a way just to hang on. They've never really put the foot down. So, you know, when Burton scores there, I thought, right, well they might open up the shoulders here, but you know, it took them to that intercept and then even then they weren't really home because I felt like South Sydney still had a little bit of footy left in them and they did, but Penrith missing tackles, I think that's just the last three weeks taking its toll, you know. But the desperation, when you're a good defensive side, boys, it doesn't matter when someone makes a mistake because someone else trusts you that you're going to beat... Be there next time, so you just keep turning up for each other. So the 59 tackles, I think they did it a couple of uh, one time this year. They missed six, nearly 60 tackles after Origin, but they still found a way to be in those games. So and the 59 tackles they missed, like the last few weeks, when you consider their goal line defence, like there's a difference between general defence, isn't there, and, and the way you defend yeah. the goal line. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, I mean, through the middle of the ruck, you might miss five, six tackles in one in that one play when you're skipping across and just fend off, fend off. But on the on the goal line, their systems have been in place. The only time they got caught out was with Crichton on the wing. And I think, you know, we're going to talk about later, but I think that might be a problem for him in the future. You pay a centre so much money, he needs to be playing in the centres. All
0: right, let's look at a couple of the key moments from the 2021 NRL Grand Final. The pass in the 66th minute. Cody Walker has been so good all year, but this one landed in the hands of that man, Stephen Crichton. Michael, is it too much to say that... Cody Walker should be to blame for this loss. No, oh, no,
2: not at all. He, look, he's the reason they're there, to be honest with you. They don't make the grand final without Cody Walker. He's had an exceptional year. And probably in any other year, he probably wins the Dally M. It took Tom Treboyovic freakish efforts to deny him. So I uh, look, I I, I don't uh, I don't think it's his fault. That's the kind of player Cody Walker is. You go to the line there and you take a gamble. He took the gamble and it didn't pay off, unfortunately for at this stage. But they're probably not in the game without that brilliant individual try in the first half, one of the great individual grand final tries you've seen. And then, as I said, throughout the year to get them there. So, no, look, yes, that's a pivotal moment. No doubt whatsoever, a pivotal moment. But to put that on him, is
1: unfair.
0: Sowie, psychologically, how does he bounce back from that moment? Because we've seen other players in the past struggle to overcome big moments in big games.
1: Yeah, we have, but you only have to fast-forward five minutes and he's in, yeah, putting on a try out in the corner for Alex Johnson to still give his team a chance to win. I think you'd rather be in that moment... A guy like Cody Walker would rather have the game decided by him than than the other way and he wanted the ball and yeah, I I sort of summed up this morning and I did a podcast and, and said that, yeah, it was right idea, wrong execution. And that's, that's just how it is sometimes. You you go out there, with, you make the play, but you've got to be able to have you know, the audacity to pull that play off and, and be able to get it done, and unfortunately he didn't. Departing
0: skipper, Adam Reynolds had a chance to tie things up with four and a half minutes left on the clock. It was a, a sideline conversion that he nails week after week, Sowie. Did you did you think at that point when he was lining up that kick that, hang on a minute, this is the fairy tale for South and all their fans? That they yeah,
1: wanted? 100%. I thought it was going over. I just felt like... They had the momentum. After the try, that might have been enough. And just there, if we can have another look at it, I don't know if we can slow it down, but I just thought he came up a little bit quickly. You know, usually Reynolds goes through the ball, probably, and gets that shoulder across a little bit more to get that draw on. But at the end there, it actually reverses back the other way. So you see here, he comes up, he looks up, and usually, because he's gone through the ball, that ball curves back, but it actually reverses late at the end and slices away. So uh, I felt like he was a little bit quick through the ball, which... As a goal kicker, I try and explain this all the time, the hardest time is at the end of the game, obviously, when the game's on the line because your heart rate's up, but after you score a try as well. So trying to get that heart rate down and concentrate, and that's why you didn't see him over-celebrate because he knew he had the kick coming up.
0: He's played for so long, he's the captain of the club, he's played Origin, but that's the biggest moment of his career. So the pressure, the groin injury, the fact that he's trying to keep the emotion there after a try, it's
1: tough, tough work. It is, but I don't think we can blame... If he... If, you had said if he knows me, that it's a hero. Well, but if you said to me, you want one person kicking for your life, you know, he'd be in the conversation, You're Adam Reynolds. So um, I just think that he just, as a goal kicker, you, have, you could have put him there back a minute later and he probably slots it easily. So that was just unfortunate. A week ago, the Panthers
0: players, they were rocking up to their media day in wheelchairs. People were in moon boots, they were on crutches. But uh, we didn't actually know the extent of how many players were injured until after last night's match.
2: Well, I reckon there was at least five that probably shouldn't have been playing today. I don't know, say that lightly. Um, it was a calculated risk on um, on a lot of boys. Um, I actually woke up at two o'clock this morning and I was, yeah, I couldn't get back to sleep because I'm thinking, oh my god, if honestly three or four of them could be gone by ten minutes, uh, and they just sort of just created this culture of. Unfortunately, no one wanted to be the one who didn't, yeah, didn't put the hand up and said I can't play. Um, yeah, like it was just.
0: I don't know. It's just hard for me to explain. Incredible. That was Panthers coach Ivan Cleary winning his first grand final. Michael, have we underestimated what the Panthers have been able to achieve through this final series, given how many of their players were busted?
2: Yeah, definitely. Look, the the toll. we all knew they were busted. We saw they were busted. The fact that they hadn't trained together as a squad for probably about a month says a lot about what they've been able to do. And not only games where they win comfortably and you think they don't exert a lot of energy, in absolutely grinding games where you imagine the intensity is probably the highest they've been all year. So to do that against Parramatta, to do it against Melbourne, and then to do it again... Oh, sorry, Souths, then Parramatta, then Melbourne, and then against Souths. Incredible. Incredible. And to do it with Dylan Edwards, who's got stress fractures in his foot, James Fisher-Harris, who's got bone bruising in the knee, Nathan Cleary, we all know his shoulders hanging on by a thread, Brian To'o's had ankle injuries throughout the year. Like, it's it's an incredible effort. I, I know people don't win competitions with a fully healthy team, but I don't think we appreciate just how busted Penrith were and what they were able to do. So, for 18 months, Penrith were the kids who played
0: footy with flair and freedom. Over the last, say, two months, post-origin, they've been brave, they've been gritty, they've been gutsy. How will this Premiership be remembered?
1: Um, It almost it was almost Melbourne-esque in the way that they've done it. You know, the tough, hard road, the way they played that wasn't really expansive footy, but they they knew they were in the game off the back of just doing the basics right. I think this will go down as one of the best premierships because it was in Queensland and all the adversity they had to go through. You know, you think about going to that prelim final against the team that jumped out to 26-0 last year when you were supposed to win the competition. That takes a lot of kahunas to be able to come back from that. And they didn't look overawed last night. I felt like... They looked like they had, they were meant to be there last night. Yeah, last year was exciting and were the new kids on the block. Last night they looked like men on the big stage that were ready to take the trophy home.
0: Michael, uh, the Panthers turned down the super coach. There was a handshake agreement between Phil Gould and Wayne Bennett a few years ago. Instead they took a gamble and went with Ivan Cleary. Do you think uh, Panthers board members and executive team would be very relieved right now?
2: Uh, not re- relieved. probably not the right word. They're... They have known for a while that they've made the right decision picking Ivan Cleary. Whether or not the, the Wayne Bennett deal is there or not is irrelevant. Ivan Cleary was brought back to the club to join his son and take him to a premiership. He's done that within th- in three years. He's played in two grand finals. He's got them there and, and he's got two more years to run on his deal. I spoke to CEO Brian Fletcher this morning. Like this, we're talking about a coach here who I know he's played 300, who's coached 300-odd games. But everything is set up there for long-term success. We, we always say this, the team wins the comp, they're going to be successful for many years. But they are genuinely a powerhouse in the junior system. They've got everything in place. There's really what Matt Burton leaving next year, Brent Naden. Well, we're not talking about guys in the spine who are, who are moving on. They've got everything there to go again. And they've got everything there to be se- successful for another three or four years. And when the kids keep coming through, if they keep coming through, you just keep replacing the ones who you lose for salary cap reasons, like the Melbourne Storms, they lose a lot of players with young talent coming through. So we just with that, we'll... we'll <laughs> I love it. What? This bloke thinks it's so
1: easy after a competition just to get... Back. He makes oh, a sorry.
0: great point because they've got the best one of the best academies, which yep. you've been a part of. In terms of business off-field, which Rugby League is, they've got Panthers flying, development, they've got a new stadium potentially coming, and on-field they've got a great roster. So is this...
1: Will they be the next Rugby League dynasty? Do they have the makings of it? Well, it depends what your class dynasty. I think Melbourne's still leaps and bounds ahead of, you know, and then the Roosters. Yeah, I don't think we can say that they're a dynasty after one grand final win. You but know. you look into the crystal ball in five years, will they well, be what, in the same? Okay, so what class is it? Do they have to win two more in the next five years? Do they have to win one in the next five years? Like we took, we just finished. Have we discarded the Roosters who went back to back for the first time in? But are we are we're clear that the Roosters like,
2: are starting a new fate? They're about to enter a new chapter. Okay, so if, if the next
1: time. if the next five years in the crystal ball, how many comps do they have to win to be a dynasty?
2: I think they to be successful over that period of time, and that just doesn't mean premierships. Such well, i you know, I I think differently. If you want
1: to be a dynasty, you I want think to win
2: they that win year. they win they win the grand final twice in the next five years,
1: twice in a five-year period. That's a dynasty. Yeah, that's fine. But you have got to winning the ring, you know, is all that matters at the end but, of the day. But what? And on the back of that, you can bring as many juniors as you like through. Nathan Cleary is the centerpiece of that. Uh, Jerome Louis, Then Api Korosia is a little bit older than everyone else. Plus, when you win a competition, everyone wants to go back to the bank and get a little bit. More money in their next contract. You yeah. really only kick out. Where's that contract sit now? Well, there's three guys: Kickow,
2: Corusau and Dylan Edwards. They're the three guys who will come off contract end of next year. And
1: what's Daniels. Dylan Edwards on now? Uh, Dylan Edwards wouldn't be on much, 350 maybe. Right, it's so 100. he's going to at least command 600. He's a grand final winning you know, full-back. Kikau's a top three or four back rower. And then you've got Coruscant, who's just beaten out the New South Wales and Australian hooker in a grand final. So they're all going to look upgrades. You've already upgraded Stephen Crichton, so it's not as easy to keep those winning pieces together. The main two, though, are Lewa and Cleary. If they keep those two guys together, James Fisher-Harris, they're going to be in there. Michael, speaking of contracts, Ivan, Heary, Ivan Cleary heads into his fourth of a
0: five-year
2: deal next year. Uh, is there an extension on, on the table, surely? No, well, not as yet. not as yet. But I, as, as I said, speaking to Brian Fletcher this morning, you'd imagine the job is his for as long as he wants it because the makings are there for a very successful team. There was talk when he first signed that he wanted a five-year deal because he was going to finish up after those five years and maybe move into the administration side like, like Gus has done and be a general manager. There's no suggestion that's happening at the moment, but there was talk a few years ago about that. I imagine, Saoey, when you get a taste of success, it's it just not satisfying.
1: You want more. Well... They've got a very, very good staff out there. Yeah, Cameron Serraldo has coached all these young kids. Mm. If Ivan still has a desire to coach, I'm sure he'll be extended. But if he wanted to move into the administration side and not have that day-to-day grind of looking after a squad, Cameron Serraldo might be waiting his turn and might be a little handshake deal saying, you're going to take over the Panthers in 2023.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. Look, Ivan's got two years to run. I don't see him leaving before then. But could you see them handing the keys to Cameron Seraldo straight How long? It depends on how long Cameron Seraldo wants to wait. Look, like if well, I like waiting going, two years, if
1: he's going to get this squad in two years' time, like you, would kid. you
2: wait? Yeah, would you wait two years if you get oh, the squad? 100 percent. But what if it's another four years away? You don't sit around waiting for
0: that. Just on the clearies, where does the Ivan Nathan father-son combination story rank in terms of rugby
1: league history? It's up there. <laughs> it's special, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's because I mean, and this is no disrespect to the Lang family, but. Nathan's in such a critical position. like He has to be the main man for everything. And we saw how important he was to the Penrith Panthers after Origin when he was out with his shoulder. They looked a completely different side in their attack, in their kicking game and everything like that. He was pinpoint last I night. I think the main... Obviously, the fact he's a halfback is an is a
2: important point. But what they went through... I think we've discarded what they went through in reuniting. And the fact that they... The Cleary name took an absolute battering. It was was held there as one of the finest in the game. And whether you like it or not, they took a battering for what he did. And Ivan Cleary stands by what he did because... The outcome is where he is right now. He's winning a premiership with his son. It doesn't get any better than that for him. Now, what he did at the Tigers, I'm sure if he had his time again, he'd do it differently. But it all adds to the narrative. It all adds to the everyone saying, this guy, all he wants to do, you know, he walked out on a contract, oh, Nathan, he ripped, you know, led the Tigers on, he ripped them apart. Whatever you want to say about them, it adds to this narrative right now that they're so maligned, but we're at a point now where, you know what? We've just done it. It doesn't matter what anyone says about us, water off a duck's back, my dad, my son, we're premiership premiership winners. Doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, well, as Wayne Bennett said last night, he said uh, Ivan doesn't have a monkey off his back. He's got a gorilla <laughs> off his back. Now you mentioned the fans before. So, what are the plans for Penrith fans? What What does the club want to do to celebrate?
2: Yeah, look, at, at some point in the next month, they'll come back uh, to Penrith and have a celebration there. It's going to depend on when players come back into the state. There's, there, there are only four players, I think, that are planning on coming straight back home after they finish celebrating, which might not be for another few days, but. Yeah, the plan is at some point, maybe in November, to have the Panthers fans out there at the stadium to celebrate this victory with the players.
0: And just because the Panthers are up in Queensland hasn't stopped their loyal fans from celebrating. We have we have exclusive vision of some of the Panthers fans celebrating last night after they won the 2021 Premiership. Here we go... <laughs> Not too sure who that is. <laughs> Michael, can you please uh, clarify who that is in the car?
2: Oh, that's my son who gave me the flag and wanted me to stick out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. What happened to you being a Dragons <laughs> fan? I'm, Dragons I'm a Dragons fan. I was just having a bit please. of fun for the cameras.
1: Please.
2: Uh, look, I, hey, I, as I said, live in the community. The son's adopted Penrith as his team. Got into it with him. He was happy last night. The flag out the window. That might be illegal. I might be in trouble, guys.
0: You might be. What were you yelling out the window?
2: I don't know. Dragons. Dragons. I said, I think Nathan you're... Cleary. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Can I get an interview? Can I get an exclusive? Haven't the phone for a week. He, sent, he
0: point. sent that to Cleary and Brian Fletcher, <laughs> and goes, "I'm on. I'm on board, guys. Hey, Give me all the guys." You don't get
2: yarns if you don't suck up to the right that's people. That's
0: true. Right? That's true. All right. So when there's a winner, there's a loser. The Rabbitohs. Uh,
2: you OK? Yeah, i just stunned that you found that vision. <laughs> We've got people everywhere.
0: <laughs> people everywhere. Ah, oh, yeah, when there's a winner, there's a loser. Of course, it was the Rabbitohs last night. No fairy tale for Wayne Bennett, but he was very proud of his team.
1: You know, it doesn't change the scoreboard, but
0: I just felt, and you know, I can't be critical of them. And, you know, you go through life, you have regrets and you have disappointments. And, you know, this is a disappointment tonight. It's not a regret. Well, I didn't regret anything. The, the way we prepared, the way we got to this game and the effort that we put into the game. We just, um, you know, we lost by two points. Sally it was a great achievement for the Bunnies to get there and no one expected them to play in last night's grand final. But is it a missed opportunity given
1: the people they are losing? Oh, I think it's anytime you're in a grand final. Luckily, I don't know what that feels like. You know, and uh, look at those guys last night, Damien Cook. You know, they've been to three prelims, haven't been able to get to a grand final and you finally get there with a week off and maybe things are starting to come together. But you lose one of the premium you know playmakers and game managers in the game in Adam Reynolds Benji Marshall and then obviously Wayne Bennett you know when Wayne left the dragons you know we thought it would be easy just to run it back but it's not yeah you know, you, it, it takes time and myself as a player, you know, it took time to adjust to a new game plan, and you try and to to recreate stuff that maybe isn't there. So yeah, it's a huge opportunity missed. So Wayne leaves, Adam Reynolds leaves, Benji Marshall
0: leaves, Dan Gagai leaves, all key uh, players and coaches in that that team. A lot of critics are saying they are no longer a premiership contender next year. How do they keep their window open? Can they?
1: Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see what their lineup is. You know, Latrell moves into the halves and maybe Blake Taff or Blake Taff into the halves I'll have to wait and see but you know, for me while you've still got Cody Walker Damien Cook Latrell Mitchell in your side you're going to beat teams in, in the bottom half of the eight and be there whether you've got enough uh, the back end we'll have to see with Jason Demetriou and what he comes up with but um I think with, with Roosters replenishing, Penrith are going to be there. Obviously, Manly, we saw what they could do with that experience. Parramatta, you know, pretty solid again. They're going to make some changes, so um, this may have been their chance. Plus, don't forget Jaden Sewer, You know, they're, they're moving some guys on as well, and they're all a year older as well, so. They're
2: going to be significantly... We- the top teams in the competition are going to be significantly weaker. South Sydney, who you mentioned, all those players. Melbourne, no for Nugan Josh Adokar, Nico Hines... The Roosters are changing at the guard there. They get players back but it's also a you know, generational change there with the Roosters. That adds to the whole expectation on Penrith to continue doing what they're doing. They lose Matt Burton and Brent Aiden, and you compare that to the other teams and what they've lost. It's not it's not as bad. And that, that puts pressure then back on the guy like the Raiders and the, Pan, uh, the Parramatta Reals to actually take that next step, step up sorry, because there's been such a gap between the top four sides and the rest.
0: Benji Marshall said he'll make a call on his playing future later this week. That's what he's saying publicly, Michael. But do you think he's already made up his mind?
2: Yeah, I think Benji Marshall's is done. He's... It deserves credit because he didn't want to make this week about him he didn't want the attention he didn't want it to become the benji marshall show because it, de- it deserves to be the benji marshall show it's been an incredible career and as much as you know we're sad to see adam reynolds leave south sydney if we don't get to see this this man play rugby league again we're all worse off for it so an incredible career and yeah you know, unselfish of him to to carry on the way he did this week because he didn't want to make it about him but yeah, I'd be stunned if he plays again.
0: We are all richer though for having watched him play for the last what eighteen years or something. It's been phenomenal. Oh,
1: playing against him, yeah. Was... I, I would love to see how many the figures of how many people he has inspired to play rugby league. It'd be endless. Yeah, that step, watching him, and then playing against him, and then even getting the chance to talk to him. He's such a great ambassador for rugby league. All right, it's time for a grand
0: final edition of Hit or Miss. Controversial one, perhaps. Nathan Cleary was the rightful recipient of the Clive Churchill
1: Medal, Sowie. (laughs) I was hoping you'd get him first. Um, Come on, say what you were going to say off air. Yeah, I had Edwards. (laughs) I had Edwards pre-game and I thought he was fantastic. He missed a a tackle on Cody Walker, but that tackle he made on Cameron Murray made up for it. Plus, it adds to the story that he was playing with a broken foot. He ran for 230 metres. A very close second was Isaiah Yeo. But if you give it to Nathan Cleary, you give it to what you're seeing right now on the film and what he did early on was assert the Panthers dominance with his kicking game and that's you know he did, did his job to the up 10th degree and being able to put them in position but you know at the end of the game you're probably looking for them to put the foot down a little bit more hand your own little I probably need to be a little bit more expensive but I thought that yeah they could have had when you win as a team like that it's really hard to pick one guy out uh, and he was probably you know the most prevalent with the ball Michael.
2: Yeah I've gone uh, hit for me I don't disagree with the logic there Dylan Edwards fantastic And the thing is If you didn't know Dylan Edwards was injured You probably wouldn't say It was Clive Churchill medal But it just adds to the fact That what he was able to accomplish With that uh, Those stress fractures in his foot Nathan Cleary Kicked them to a premiership Similar to you His involvement In that game In dictating the way it was played was, was, Yeah superb had Andrew John's floor With the way he was playing So To me that's the ultimate compliment When Andrew John's sitting back And marvelling at what you can do You know you've had a good game
0: yeah, well said. Uh, with four minutes to go, the Rabbitohs had a chance to uh, be given a penalty, which they weren't. Dane Gagai was collected high, so if it was a penalty in July, it's a
1: penalty in October. <laughs> Sowie, ah, <laughs> oh, miss. Yeah, it's forever. and They always say the origins ref differently, the finals are ref differently, and this is the incident right here. You can see. And a lot of this is where the confusion, where we get ourselves into trouble as a game, because in Magic Round that's a penalty and maybe even ten in the bin because we wanted the crackdown. Now in the finals, it's like, oh well, what's he supposed to do? He's being dragged down and all this kind of stuff. So uh, I was happy with the decision. I know that South Sydney fans would be looking at it saying it should have been a penalty, but yeah, for me it was, it was unavoidable.
2: Yeah, it's a a miss for me. I don't think that's a penalty. The hand's by his side there. Like, his head fell in that direction. The other thing is, you've been going on all year about, oh, if it's a grand final, that decides... You know, if you're going to give it now, you have to give him the grand final. So I've been right all year. Yeah, but... (laughs) <laughs> no, you're
1: not, they didn't give him the grand final. And I'm just saying that's, year, so yeah. that's why I complained. Yeah, but but that logic is, we see that logic and then I say, what happens if this is in the grand final? Yeah, and they don't award it. So water. either way. So fans. But
2: can I'm okay it. with that though. I'm okay we get to a grand final and we're not saying that's a penalty South Scalpfield will win a game
1: based on that. Like, I'm, I'm not okay to have big one games. I'm not the have, should be refereed I'm not okay to have the crackdown and then be at peak and then drop down. But would you be okay if that was a penalty?
2: If if last night they awarded the penalty for the sake of consistency, would you have been happy?
1: Well, if they had awarded it the whole final series, then yes. But they hadn't awarded it the whole final series. They'd found their medium and they'd backed off on it. So that's why it wasn't a penalty.
0: All right, time to move on, gents. I know you love arguing with each other. Uh, South Sydney will
2: live to regret letting Adam Reynolds go. Michael? Um, Look, obviously on the surface, it's a hit. They're going to miss him, no doubt about it. They'll miss him. But there's so much more to this than just letting him go. Like There's a situation right now with Cody Walker, who's off contract... You want to throw the kitchen sink at Cody Walker, he'll get a million dollars somewhere else. Souths might not be able to get to a million dollars, but if they've thrown money at Adam Reynolds, they're, then what? There's a chance of losing both of them. Like I don't, I don't know what Souths fans want him to do. Of course he should not leave. He should be there. They're going to miss him, but reality of the salary cap is they've got Latrell Mitchell there, they've got Cameron Murray, they've got Damian Cook, and now they want to keep Cody Walker. Unfortunately, they're going to have to let someone go, and Adam Reynolds is. They're not going to regret letting Adam Reynolds go in regards to the salary caps, yes, they're going to miss him. But what, what would they do differently? Seriously, tell me what they're going to do differently to keep him. Is you, anyone
1: else confused? Is it hit or miss?
2: Cody Walker. Would you keep a Cody Walker over Adam Reynolds?
1: That's a hit that for question. me. I answer think answer the question, Sally. Cody Walker or Adam Reynolds? Who would you I'd keep? I'd keep both of them. You'd find a way to keep both of them. If you honestly believe sitting inside that boardroom that your championship window is open right now, you find a way. You may not have been able, able to five get... five years into that championship Okay. Window. That's the problem. It's the end of it now. Okay. Well, it? Not, well, not if Reynolds is there. No? I think he propels you straight back in the conversation. But the solo caps are there for a
2: reason. They've paid in the money for big money for years. Now He's it's the extended end
1: extended it. it a year and see what happens.
2: Well, that's what they tried to do. Extend it for a year. He wouldn't take it.
0: Hit. Yeah. I'm going to miss this <laughs> every Monday <laughs> that's afternoon. That's what they
2: tried to do. Said we'll give you a year. We'll give you one more year, and he didn't want it. And I know You've everyone got three years. At Brisbane. I don't blame him for doing it. But everyone says, "Oh, South didn't want." He had a year. If he wanted to stay, he could have stayed. I don't blame him for taking the three years, but he could have stayed.
0: We've got to move on. Speaking of changing clubs, if there was no contract in place with the Bulldogs, Matt Burton would be a Panther in
1: 2022. Miss. He'd be on a lot more cash somewhere else, I think. Yeah. He'd be getting... He'd be sitting back right now with a ring on his finger, talking to Nathan, saying, Thanks, boys, uh, but I'm about to get uh, back up the truck and, and get a lot of cash... He'd be getting offers from absolutely everywhere. we well, got fives from Canterbury, 500s around that mark. I'd be, I'd imagine
2: there'd be at least a seven in front of him now if he was off, off contract, right? Yep. Yeah? Yep. That's fair to say? Uh, I, and I don't think Penrith could afford Matt Burton at 700,000-plus next year. Not to play in the centres. Not to play in the centres. Do you reckon they missed the trick to converting him into a fullback? Did a lot of people have said that he could have been... Because he played AFL throughout his juniors out in the country... I know Dylan Edwards was sensational, but this is a guy who's going to be a superstar for 10 years. There's some people at Penrith who thought, you know
1: what, we may have could have converted him into a fullback. When Edwards was there, you know, I actually had a conversation with someone at Penrith and said that you could transform him into a fullback, Ed, and that probably keeps that squad together, right? Yeah. yeah but now he's on to move to Bulldogs, obviously, but the contract would have been
0: too much from him. Mm. All right, got to move on, gents. Uh, Cameron Murray will be the bunnies' skipper in
2: 2022. Yeah, well, it's hit from both of us yeah, both. This I is think that's, a, that's an obvious Damien Cook? Uh, maybe co-captains with Damien Cook, but I think Cameron Murray, you got a, you got a captain there for five or six years yep. now, don't you? So. Yep.
0: yep. All right, for the last time uh, this year, of course there is there, um, it's time for the all-important Casualty award brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And Clive Churchill medalist Nathan Cleary will undergo shoulder surgery to repair the injury he's been nursing since Origin 2. The Panthers number seven could miss the start of next year as a result. Brave fullback Dylan Edwards has plenty of time to put his feet up and overcome a broken foot. The same goes for big men James Fisher Harris and Moses Leota. There's a concern for outgoing Rabido and Newcastle recruit Dane Gagai, who suffered a knee injury in the grand final. He and the Knights are hoping it's just an MCL injury, not the dreaded ACL rupture. Jai Arrow finished the season in the Chemist Warehouse Casualty Ward after he suffered a head knock against the Pampers. Alright, for the final time, it's time to revisit the NRL stock market. We did it earlier this year. It's pretty simple, gents. Part one, are you buying or selling? Part two, if you're buying... Which club are you buying them for? Let's kick things off with Tarek Sims, still
1: contracted with the Dragons. Bye. I mean, I think he will, if he starts the season well, I think that there might be even a conversation there to try and work out you know, whether he's going to be able to get there. Now, he's playing that left hand side. You've got Jaden Sewell coming to the right hand side. You've got two physical, fast, you know, twitch fibre guys on an edge now for the Dragons. I think uh, the Dragons maybe a little bit of wait and see.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Tarek Sims for me the Eels. I like to see him go to the Eels. i buy. Sorry, I'll get to that. I think I'm buying Tarek Sims and Parramatta. Oh, there's there, there are whispers around Ryan Madison and his place in that team. We saw him play, miss some games at the end, come off the bench. I reckon Tarek Sims as a replacement for Ryan Madison to add the toughness that Parramatta need
1: in those big games, I think it'd be a great buy. What about Corey Norman Sally? Buy for me. I think maybe return to Brisbane. You know, they've got Adam Reynolds there now. They're probably not really sold on who they want at 5'8". They've you know, they talked to Ash Taylor. They've got Tyson Gamble there. But you could see, you know, for me, if I'm playing with Corey, I think I'd really relish the fact that I could get us into a position on the field and yeah, he could go out and, and be the playmaker out there. Plus, they've got some young centres. You see Selwyn Cobb on the weekend. Mm. Farmworth. Uh, you've got Katoni Stags as well. I could see him re- return home.
2: Yeah, I'm going to buy as well. I had sell originally, but I was just thinking that I think it'd be a great replacement for Nico Hines at the Storm, just to play that 1 6 off the bench there and under that system and in an environment where no one really knows him. I think Corey being in Sydney for so long and, the, you know, and everyone knows who he is and off the field. Going to Melbourne under Craig Bellamy, I think it'd be a good buy off the bench.
1: All right, what about Aaron Woods, former Sharky? Buy Roosters. They want to replenish their stocks. You know, I think they need a guy that could create a little bit of offload there, so Roosters.
2: Yeah, buy. I'm going to say Tigers. I know the big man wants to go back home. I think there's some things he regrets about the way he exited the first time. I uh, think He'll add some leadership to the club.
1: He loves the club. What about Ash Taylor, former Titan? Sell. I don't know where it fits in at the moment for Ash. You know, there's a lot of talks about the Warriors and that, but I just don't know where he fits. Yeah, I would sell on Ash Taylor, I think maybe. Super League could do him well. Another talented playmaker, Kyle Flanagan. By South Sydney. They just got rid of Ooh. Adam Reynolds. They need a goal kicker to back up Latrell Mitchell. Maybe a little change with an attacking coach, Jason Demetriu. Big forward pack that can roll forward. Uh, I think he might be a little uh, sneaky by there.
2: I had Sel, but Sel, you've convinced me. Maybe you've got a future in recruitment. That's not a bad idea from you. I like it.
1: <laughs> Why are you so surprised yeah. that I actually know footy? Oh well, I, look, I've sat the, next the, to you before. You. <laughs> the thing, the thing with Kyle, oh. the thing with Kyle is, you know, this year he was probably unfairly judged because of that forward pack didn't go forward for him. They chopped and changed all year and tried to find the right recipe. You know, at South you've got a you've got an experienced 5'8", and you want that in the halves. If you're going to bring a young half through, you need an experienced guy there. So when the times are getting tough, you can actually lean on him a little bit. He's now a premiership winner, Tyrone May Michael.
2: I go by. He's just so important to those players in terms of their friendship. You don't want to break up something. That's not going to cost you a lot. I'll keep Tyrone, May. What's his position? 14. I, I don't know if he's a star. See, last
1: here. night, I, I thought they were very lucky in the fact they brought him on at 13. and, and the, I don't think they know how to use him. You know, if you play him at nine and just let him run the footy, I think that might be a thing. But it's going to come down to price. If, you've got, if you want to keep some of the other guys, you know, there's some young guys there that are going to need some pay packet raises. Yeah, you may have to get someone. Knights winger, former origin winger for Queensland, Edric Lee. Yeah, I've got buy as well uh, down at the Storm with Josh Adokar
2: leaving. I think under Craig Bellamy, loves big, tall wingers. I think Edric Lee could be damaging. Uh, you know, Vunivalu over the years. I think he could uh, have an impact at the Storm.
0: So Xavier Coates on one edge and,
2: and Edric, Edric Lee the on the other. That's that's some A bit height. height. Some, some height kick you. targets for yeah. Munster.
0: Very good kick targets. Yeah. Uh, I agree with him. Yeah, got him. All right, Tyrone Peachy. Michael, what's the latest?
2: Yeah, it looks like he's heading to the Tigers. Uh, Well, he's in discussions with the Tigers. They're trying to get him there. I think it'll be on a a pretty well, considering what he's on now, I think the deal will be pretty good for the West Tigers. Um, They've been really trying to uh, appeal to the Indigenous community and Indigenous players and what they've built over the last few years. So I think this goes with what they're working towards off the field. So to me, it's, uh, yeah, I could see him at the Tigers.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to see where they're playing. You know, he's uh, he's going to come down and be that 13 utility role. So um, they need to adjust the game plan around Peach. All right. Finally, BJ Leilua. It's yeah, hard to see someone taking a chance on BJ. I think, you know, he's, uh, we heard players talk about it during the year. Jordan Rappinant, we had him on the show. You know, he needs to get his, his mindset right and whether he wants to play anymore and get fit. And when he's super fit, I mean... He'd give any centre a run for their money, but um, at the moment, probably just sell.
0: Let's talk about a potential switch to the forwards, anyway.
2: Yeah, it's a sell for me. From what I heard out of Pen- uh, the Tigers, I don't think he will...
0: Uh, Penrith on your mind all day.
2: Yeah, on <laughs> my mind. No, nah, look, yeah, I, I don't think he's uh, going to add a lot of value to a team at this time in his career.
0: All right, uh, it is our final show, so why not uh, reflect on our favourite storyline
1: of 2021, shall we Um just Penrith finding a way yeah and a, a comp that changed so quickly the NRL need to be commended for, for finishing the competition but again you know Alan May is one of the best guys you'll ever meet out of Penrith and, and you yeah, know seeing the joy on his face after what they went through last year and yeah, it was supposed to happen and I've, I've been there it's supposed to happen for you it doesn't happen and then all of a sudden you're back there can you get it done so the redemption story for Penrith
2: yeah, mine's more of not a storyline, just a, a moment in the year. The Jake Arthur debut and the emotion of Brad after it. I just for a guy who just does everything not to show emotion, uh, I thought it was quite special to see just how much it meant to him when he scored the try, but also after the game, the scenes embracing him in the sheds. It was a real special moment. And Obviously seeing Ivan and Nathan do it, father, son, these two be sitting back at home last night thinking how good would we do this, this, do this together One day. So, yeah, to me, this is a real special moment of the year.
0: Yeah, that vision there of BA, as you said, in press conferences, he doesn't show much emotion ever. And to see him in tears there uh, was amazing. Uh, What will be the
1: biggest storyline in 2022? Uh, Our colleague here will join Ivan Cleary's coaching team. Coaching Either team repla- or media, media team? Media team. Replacing Cameron that. Where's he going? Um, I don't know. Either that or uh, the, there'll be fans lining up here uh, with no N- inside the NRL. Um, no, look, first coach to be sacked you know, is going to be hot on everyone's lips mm. and how that unfolds and then who steps into that. I think you, know, you were covering the Tiger story. There's a lot of teams that start under pressure next year, so that's probably going to be the biggest storyline pre-season. And then who takes over? Because you've just had a guy go to the Ten Grand Finals who's doing nothing next year.
2: Mm. Yeah, I've got the biggest storyline with the Canterbury Bulldogs in 22. I think the additions they've made in the off well, in the last 12 months with Matt Burton, Josh Adakar, you name the list. There's going to be so much attention on them, and if they get it right, the Bulldogs being a powerhouse again, we need it as a game. They get it wrong. As you said, coaching, firing line, Gus there, re-changing things. One way or another, the Canterbury Bulldogs are going to be a big story next year.
0: All right, it's time for our final ever edition of Champ or Chump. We've got three champs given it's our last ever show, all positive vibes here. And speaking of positive vibes, Brian To'o, Biza, he's known and was all business after the game as well. He got himself a premiership ring and he proposed to his uh, beautiful partner as well. So they are getting married after... A premiership win. He's That's made it so tough. Good. He has made it so hard for every other single bloke out there to live up to them. Has
2: that. he though? Has he? Like he's proposed to his missus. He's not going to
1: see you for another week. That's <laughs> awesome. That's the right time <laughs> to do it. He just <laughs> got Jesus a pass and stay now. away for a week. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Maddie looked over at me. I said, don't even think about it. We're, we're done and dusted. But no, nah, that was pretty cool. Uh, but he's very, made it very hard now for all those guys that aren't married he really put the pressure on. Yeah, Michael?
2: Uh, for me, it's the way Tevita Pangoy Jr. handled the week. I thought it was a real champ moment. Uh, he could have could have pushed it and tried to play before that game, but he decided to pull the pin. And to be fair, it was right that Spencer Lenny got to play in a grand final that he's been playing with that team all year. He helped them get there. That performance in the prelim was sensational. The way he handled it, pulling out of that game. Um, yeah, well done to Tevita.
1: Sowie. Yeah, mine's um, sending Sterlo off. Yeah, well, I had the pleasure to work with him a couple of times um, throughout my Friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. We've had him on a couple of times but just what a great ambassador he's been for the game and one of the real smart thinkers of the game When he talks or when he's in commentary you know, I remember working at Triple M. I think when you were producing I found it really hard because I was listening to him so intently That I'd actually forgot we'll call him the game So uh, you never hear a bad word spoken about him And I was very lucky to have worked with him I think James Bracey said it best yesterday When they
0: were sending him off And he said if Rabs is the voice of Rugby League Then Peter Sterling is the voice of reason mm. in Rugby League And I thought that was a great touch well, that's it for us. Last ever episode of Inside the NRL. Thank you for joining us over the past four years. We've had an absolute ball. Katie Brown, happy birthday to her. Uh, she used to sit in this chair. She loved every second of it as well. Uh, to the entire NRL.com crew, thank you for all your help. Chad, Suze, Alex, Katie, um, all our
1: editors. It's been amazing. Michael, Jamie, thank you. It's thanks. Been fun.
2: Are we mates yet? Or are we finishing off as... I want to say
1: thanks to everyone, but thanks to my uh, sour girls at home for always uh, looking after... Mum on Monday nights when Dad's a little bit home late. I'm mates with him. I'm mates with Katie. I'm not mates with this pelican. All hey, right. If you, ever, if you ever get a job in rugby league
2: again as a coach, because you've been pitching all game, I'll be after you. I'll be after.
0: Some things never change. <laughs> Thanks for the support. Uh, enjoy the off season and bring on a bigger and better year in season 2022.
2: We're all done.